on parole, and the last thing I need up in here is the police. Now, I told you I had some business to handle, and that's what I was doing. Girl? Oh, I love you. That's not Well, let that shit ring. Coming with hits. That's what's up. I fuck with it. I fuck with it, man. I like the little 3-6 Mafia sample and whatnot. Fire. But, um... Yeah, man. Y'all didn't know what the fuck that was. That was, uh... Cardi and Offset's new record. It's called Jealousy. Guess they're piggybacking off of their little social media issue or whatever that they had. It's been rocky, but solid, but on solid ground. But we got two album reviews today. Today is a motherfucking important day because we finally have the return of Travis Scott 
Everyone's been waiting and anticipating for five years. It's been a long time since Astro World. But no, no further ado. Let's get to it, man. I'll give my uh, thoughts after the review. So let's get to Utopia. Hyena. Um, this was good. This is a good opener. This is a different beat. This sounds like a beat that Kanye would get on. I mean, obviously, the great Mike Dean. Obviously, the great Mike Dean uh, contributed to this uh, particular song. Mike Dean's a problem. Thank God featuring Casey. This was okay. Just okay. Modern Jam featuring Tizo Touchdown. This was fire. I definitely like Modern Jam. My Eyes with Bon Iver and Sampha. I'm going to just be honest. The first three minutes is ass. Like completely a dog's ass. I mean, y'all could have just wrapped that shit up in a minute. And then put the second half on. Because the, sec the, the last minute and a half pretty much helped the track survive mediocrity because you know that song up until that that transition was booty cheeks on my eyes that shit was ass up until the last minute and a half God's Country this was um this is an old song. I remember hearing this song. I didn't care for it. I didn't like it as a choice for the first single for this project. I just wasn't really feeling it. I'm going to just be completely honest. Kind of mid, not gonna lie, didn't care for it, didn't like it. It's a steal meltdown featuring Drake. Now, this is when the album gets real interesting. This is when the album gets real interesting. I mean, Boy Wonder, Vinyls, Tay Keith producing the same song with three other guys. Oh, this beat was stupid. And Drake verse was fire. This is probably a top 15 verse of the year for me. Yo, this shit slaps. I think this should be a single for sure. Um, Fiend featuring uh, Playboy Cardi and Shet West. Um, yeah, this is uh, this was pretty dope. Um, Del Resto. Echoes featuring Beyonce and Bon Iver. It's okay. Just okay. I know. Man, 
this is dope. I fuck with this heavy. I fuck with it heavy. Tapaya Twins featuring Rob 49 and 21 Savage. Excellent. Fire. Circus Maximus featuring Sway Lee in the weekend. Excellent. Fire. Loved it. Paracel featuring Young Lean. Skip. Skip. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't feeling it. This is a skipper, man. This is an all-time skip show. Schizo featuring Young Thug. I love it. Ah, this is a dope record, man. Lost Forever featuring James Blake and West Side Gun. Amazing. Excellent. Fuck with it heavy. Love featuring Kid Cudi. Dope. I definitely fuck with this, man. Hands down. K-pop featuring Bad Bunny in the weekend. This was cool. This was cool, man. I'm not complaining here. Telekinesis featuring Future and SZA. This is all right. This was dope. Shout out Kanye, man. Kanye producing on Travis Scott's shit again. And the, and the closer till further notice featuring 21 Savage and James Blake. Fire. All in all, I have a few things to say about this review. Now, if you were anticipating a classic album, you're, you'll be disappointed. But if you're just happy to hear some new Travis Scott, this should satisfy you. This should satisfy your drought. You understand what I'm saying? This is a good album. Don't get me wrong. This isn't trash at all. This is an above average album. This is really good. But, you know, those first six tracks was kind of bumpy. It was a little bit of turbulence. I was worried. I'm like, oh, no. Travis might have laid an egg. But he made up for it from track seven to track 19. You know, with only like one dud. So I liked more than half of this project. Hands down. I like more than half. But here's the thing. I think Travis Scott was definitely scared. Because, you know, the World situation changed the whole uh, demographic of his career. Because that's a lot of adversity. Because fans dying at your show, you kind of feel responsible and guilty. You know, and I understood why Travis took that long break. He needed a, a good two, three years to get himself mentally back together. You know, it was the reason why he was worried. That's why he had all those heavy hitting big stars on this album. He wanted to... Get all his fans back with this one. But this is about the frequency that Travis puts out music. The production on here is obviously going to be A1. The production is A1. And 
and I definitely enjoyed um, Utopia though. Now let's move on to the next album for today. We got Bia dropping her new project off. I mean, this is the first full-length project I've ever listened to by Bia because she has other little EPs out there. But this is this is not necessarily an EP. An EP is not nine records. Nine records is like an album. Like if it's seven or eight, eight at the highest. But even eight is like a complete album these days. Like eight tracks was a good old school album. But she released a new project called Really Her. Let's take a look at it, man. Let's see what Bia has. Because, you know, I kind of misjudged Bia. I really did. I thought that she was like a mid-pack. But, oh, she proved your boy wrong. I definitely was wrong about Shorty. I mean, she's beautiful. Don't get it twisted, tangled, and fucked up. You know, and I heard London. London was all right. It was a cool song. But then I listened to it again, and I was like, oh, shit. I see why this record hit. But really her. Let's see. Big Business. Timbaland does it again. Yeah, she's fucking with Timbaland a couple times on this album. Um, I definitely like it. And what surprised me about really her and just this project overall is Bia's vocabulary you know some of the words that she was using not a lot of female rappers use you know yeah she might talk about you know her body you know but she wasn't very overt or explicit about it she might drop a line now and again about it but big business is is, is solid millions I fuck with this this was cool more dope wordplay more bars don't tell featuring juicy J. This is like the ratchet record, but she's not even like being completely disgusting on here. Like I heard other chicks be. She ain't talking about her butthole being brown. Um, classy with Swiss beats. Yo. Um I thought Swiss did this beat, but a Lil Rich and Aziz the Shake did. This is very Swiss beats esque, though. But this beat is stupid, bro. It's simple, but it's addictive. And I definitely love this record. Four Seasons. This was cool. This is okay. Oh, no. Although I think it was a little bit too short. I definitely fuck with it. London, obviously, the aforementioned London featuring J. Cole, fire. You know, listening back again, I see why the world was tripping. I see why this was a hit record. Fall Back, this was okay. I'm that bitch featuring Timbaland, fire, man. It was a good play on Missy Elliott's uh, She's a Bitch. And this is another drill song, drill type beat that I liked. And y'all know that I don't like that drill, New York drill shit, but this beat was dope and the song concept was dope. It was all right. Timberland cooked on 
my first time hearing him do a drill be- drill beat. All in all, Bia showed that she's definitely really her. I mean, from a skill set standpoint, I definitely view her up there with the Lottos, the Megan Thee Stallions, the Lay Kelly 47s, the Nitty Scots, and blah, 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 blah. I think that she is in that territory. I think she's talented, skilled, can be lyrical at times, can construct songs. She's pretty good, man. She Her name definitely belongs in a little bit more conversations when it comes down to female MCs. You know, this is my first time. This, this is just like a first time thing. You know, it's my first time listening to her. So this is a full judgment here. I apologize about the rain in the background. It just started raining where I was at. So I'm recording in my car. Just wanted to uh, let y'all know that if y'all heard anything, but but fuck that, man. The show must go on. Long as you can hear my voice, my voice projections and all that. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. So we are at the main event, y'all, and this right here, this shit right here. Is everything you could imagine. Very interesting. So, we got the off-season grades for all 30 NBA teams. Y'all niggas ready? The rain gonna probably start picking up, but I don't give a fuck. All right, Atlanta Hawks. Let's see what they did in the off-season. Okay, so they drafted Kobe Bufkin, drafted Seth Lundy, and Mo Gay. Pause. They um, acquired Patty Mills. They signed uh, Patrick Mills. And they re-signed DeJounte Murray. Now, based on this information, I mean, I feel like Bufkin is going to crack the lineup. Lundy, based on his shooting ability, knowing that the NBA is a more offensive game, he could definitely probably... Crack the rotation, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the G League to start the season. Him and Bufkin, at least. Because of the acquisition of Mills. And them re-signing DeJounte Murray is everything. Therefore, I'm going to give the Atlanta Hawks the grade of a B. Why a B? I mean, like I said, Atlanta needed guards. They needed to address their guards because they were thin at backup guard. And Murray and Young would have to, like, play extra minutes and then end up tiring out and running out of gas by the time playoff time began. So that's why I gave them a B. And, you know, you get you draft Bufkin and Lundy. Those are guards. Mogay's a forward. Um, and you resigned Murray to a $120 million deal. That's a lot. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics have had an interesting offseason. They experienced a whole lot of losses. They lost two players that 
were pivotal to all of their playoff runs in Marcus Smart um, and Grant Williams. Those were big losses. Major losses, if you ask me. But let's see what they did. All right, Boston drafted James Najee, who is a raw player, pause, but um, he's, um, he gives me Stromile Swift vibes. Like, he's a dunker and a good shot blocker, but not very offensively gifted. And Jordan Walsh, from his game, from what I see, he's a dog. I watched him at Summer League. Jordan Walsh is a dog. So that's who they drafted. Then they acquired Chris Stops Porzingis in one of the uh, better offseason moves. And then they signed O'Shea Brissett. My final grade for the Boston Celtics offseason is a B minus. A B minus because, you know, you had to give up Smart and Williams. Those two guys were big pieces, man. Pause. But acquiring an all-star caliber player like Perzingis, who did average 23 points per game last year, to help with, you know, Tatum and Brown. You know, because Tatum and Brown have moments where they go cold. And when they're off, they're really bad. And that's where Przingis comes in. And they needed another inside presence. And I think that O'Shea Brissett, you know, he's a guy that could find his role within this Boston system. He has, you know, he's an NBA caliber player. And could be a valuable role player for Boston. Moving on. Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets drafted Derek Whitehead, who is going to surprise a lot of people. I think he's going to be great. They uh, drafted Noah Clowney, who was another Nicholas Claxton coming off the bench. That would be great. Or if they start them both, that would be great. And then they drafted Jalen Wilson, who was a shooter. Then in the offseason, they... Uh, Signed uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth, big pickup. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's gonna love him. He's Lonnie Walker the fourth, aka Eggman, is a dog. Dennis Smith Jr. and Darius Baisley, who's a solid NBA player who's never really gotten the chance to really play ball. And then they re-signed Cam Johnson. Which was a big money move. I'm going to give the Brooklyn Nets a B minus. Why? Easy as to why. I mean, bringing back Johnson is pivotal. Cam Johnson is a good basketball player. I mean, they did well in the draft. They drafted decent players. And then you sign Lonnie Walker to four for the low. You get Dennis Smith Jr., who has the, you know, he's still living off his college potential. You understand what I'm saying? Then Darius Baisley, I think he finally gets his chance to prove that he's an NBA pro. 
Moving on to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Charlotte Hornets drafted Brandon Miller, who's a stud, just a dickhead, but a stud. Um, Nick Smith Jr., he got some game. I watched him in Summer League. I was excited that he turned out exactly what I thought he could he, he could potentially be, which is a Gilbert Arenas prototype. Amari Bailey, he's gotten a lot of hype. Like in high school, he was the shit. And then, you know, they didn't do anything but re-sign Miles Bridges to a short-term contract. Um, I'm going to give the Charlotte Hornets a B-. minus. I mean, they drafted well. But I feel like they should have done a lot more in the uh, offseason. But they did have a great draft. Chicago Bulls. Um... Alright, they drafted Julian Phillips. They acquired Javon Carter and Tory Craig. I'm, su- I'm still surprised that Tory Craig went to Chicago. But, you know, wow. They re-signed Ayo Dosumo and Kobe White. I'm gonna give the Chicago Bulls a C minus. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, bringing back Dosumo. It's major. I definitely like Ayo Dosumo. And I like his ceiling. Kobe White's always been a good streaky three-point shooter. Julian Phillips is okay. I'm going to give Chicago a C-. Uh, none of these moves are considered to be major to me. They're all kind of like mid-packs. So, therefore, they deserve a mid-pack grade, which is a C-. Cleveland Cavaliers. They drafted Imani Bates, who is a stud, who is just born to score. It's a reason why they let go of Jetty Osman. Major reason why they let go of Jetty Osman. And Imani Bates is the main reason. He is the main reason. They acquired Max Struess, who is another streaky shooter, and they signed him to a big deal. They they acquired Gorgas Niang, who's a good open shot maker. Kind of like a hack on the defensive end. Then... They signed Sam Merrill, who was on their G League roster. Damian Jones, who's a solid backup big man. Ty Jerome, who was a pretty good guard. He had some big minutes on the Golden State Warriors last year. And then they re-signed Karis LeVert. I'm going to give Cleveland a B. Cleveland made every move in the offseason that they needed to make to fill out their team because it seemed like Cleveland was very disappointing in the playoffs and their lacking of depth showed in that New York Knicks series.
Yeah, it was just a lacking of depth for me. And they definitely addressed that. Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they had a very busy offseason. They drafted Derek Lively and Oliver Maxence Prosper. These are two guys that I feel like should crack the lineup or at least be 11th and 12th men. I truly do feel that way. They acquired in the offseason Grant Williams, who, man, he's going to help Dallas. He's going to make a major impact. Rashawn Holmes, that's another underrated pickup. Like, Rashawn Holmes on Sacramento, great energy guy. Dante Exum, if he's healthy, man, because Dante Exum has always been a good defensive guy, but could never stay healthy. Kind of like Lonzo Ball. That's, that's who I would compare Dante Exum to, but Exum can't pass like Ball. That's the only difference. Um, Seth Curry... Seth Curry's obviously a three-point shooter. He's a fucking Curry, for crying out loud. Then they re-signed Kyrie Irving, which was the major thing that the Mavericks should have done. They gave him the bag. Excellent. And then they re-signed Dwight Powell, which I'm not necessarily a big fan of. But for Dallas and their efforts, I'm going to give them an A-. Dallas had a great offseason. I still feel like they need to make a few more moves. But other than that, Dallas is on a great path to a championship caliber team. I think a full season with Luka and Kyrie is going to end up working out well for them. But with the rest of the West, I don't know, man. The West is kind of crowded. It's going to be difficult for those guys to find their footing in that crowded Western Conference. Moving on, let's move on to the Denver Nuggets, the NBA champion Denver Nuggets. As they drafted Julian Strother, who's a solid shooter. Jalen Pickett, who's a defensive player. Hunter Tyson, that's like a, uh, he's another shooter. They uh, signed Justin Holiday in the offseason. That was a decent player. And then they re-signed Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. So for their efforts, I'm going to give the Denver Nuggets a C. Why a C? Simple. It's just because... um. These were middle-of-the-pack moves. I mean, they also did... They also low-balled uh, Bruce Brown. I didn't like the fact that they did that to Bruce. And Bruce went off and got some money elsewhere, which we'll get to. They just wouldn't pay... They didn't value Bruce Brown. They didn't think Bruce Brown would go out and get his own money. But he shit on, he shat on the goddamn Nuggets. He got his ring and got the fuck on and got paid. What a great way to go out, like a hustler. So, let's move on to the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons had a very solid offseason to me. To me. Um, they drafted 
uh, Asar Thompson and drafted Marcus Sasser. Two good defensive players. Uh, Swar Thompson, I could tell he worked on his jumper. I could tell he definitely worked on his shot. Um, since he got drafted, of course. Sasser, man, he, he he showed out in that goddamn uh, summer league. I see why uh, Killian Hayes is about to be the fuck out of here, because Marcus Sasser is already better than Hayes. Like, I can't wait until Killian Hayes is gone, man. That's going to be the highlight of my week it, when it happens. Um, They acquired Monte Morris, another solid guard. He was really good in Denver that one season with Luka. I mean, not Luka, but Jokic. My bad. I get them mixed up. Um, Joe Harris, he's just a shooting-ass motherfucker. That's it. And then they re-signed Isaiah Stewart to a deal. So, for Detroit's efforts, I'm going to give them a B+. I mean, they did great in the draft. Excellent in the draft. And then they had an okay offseason. They did get pieces that we need. And then re-signing Stewart is also great. Um, I give them a B plus because, you know, they addressed a lot of the issues that they had, which was depth. So, Golden State Warriors. Let's see what Golden State did in the offseason. They drafted Brandon Podzemski. Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, I like Podzemski. Podzemski can play Jordan Poole's role, but he's not necessarily as talented as Poole, but he shoots better than Poole. You know, because that guy is like a, a natural-born shooter. I mean, that's just what he does. And then Trace Jackson Davis, he's a rim protector. He's a bit undersized for a big man. But from the footage that I've seen of Jackson Davis, this was a major steal in this draft. I felt like Jackson Davis could have went earlier in the second round, in my opinion. Um, then they uh, acquired uh, Dario Saric, who fits the Golden State mold. He's like 6'9", but he's a stretch five for what offense they run. And then Corey Joseph. I hate Corey Joseph. I just don't like dude. Just, I'm going to just keep it simple and plain. But they did re-sign Draymond Green, which was cool. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I would have kept Jordan Poole over Draymond Green. Like... I wouldn't let nobody that young go. I don't give a fuck if Draymond was a veteran. But, you know, re-signing a guy and remaining loyal to your franchise player 
is something that I definitely do give Golden State credit for. Now, I'm going to give the Golden State Warriors a B minus. Why a B minus? They made some good moves, though. Not gonna front. They made some good moves. In the draft, especially. They had a good draft. Then the offseason pickups wasn't that bad. It wasn't egregious. Uh, the Houston Rockets. Man, what an offseason that this team has had. Let me tell you something, Kenneth. Let me tell you something, Kenneth. Man, my God. The Rockets got some shit. They drafted... Um, They drafted Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore. These are two excellent draft selections. I felt like Cam Whitmore had lottery pick talent. So for them to get Cam Whitmore at number 20 is a steal. Amin Thompson, baller, big dog. Then you get, then in the offseason, you acquire Fred Van Bleet, Dylan Brooks, Jock Landale, Jeff Green, and Aaron Holiday. So with that combination of players, you got great role players. You got you got kind of sort of like veteran leadership in the locker room because you got Jeff Green who been playing for a hundred years. You get Aaron Holiday. He's he's a good he's a good ass player. Jot Landale, he provided a lot of energy. And in some instances last year, he played better than DeAndre Ayton. In some of the bigger moments in the playoffs, Van Bleet is a sixth man of the year and an NBA champion. Just fucking incredible. An incredible player. Then Dylan Brooks is a thug. But he could be that locker room leader. He could be the Draymond Green of the Houston Rockets. So for Houston and their efforts, I give them an A. Why? Because they already got, you know, Jalen Green already. Jabari Smith Jr., who in the uh, Summer League showed off. Then um, you got Tari Eason, who showed out, showed up in the uh, Summer League and showed out. Then your off-season acquisitions are damn near perfect. I think Houston Rockets are going to be a lot better than what people say they will be. Next up, we got the Indiana Pacers. Pacers. All right, they drafted Jarris Walker, who is going to be a beast. Ben Shepard, good shooter. Mojave King, defensive player. Isaiah Wong, solid wing player. Then they signed in the offseason. They signed Bruce Brown and they acquired OB Toppin via trade. And then they re-signed Tyrese Halliburton, their golden goose to all that money. And Indiana, for their efforts, I give them a B. I mean, Bruce Brown, he's going to be super pivotal. Like, hey, Tyrese Halliburton and Bruce Brown, that's an underrated backcourt. OB Toppin, they've been needing the four forever. So I don't know if they're going to start Jarris Walker. I got a feeling that Walker has the potential to be out topping because I think that Walker has a more mature 
basketball games than Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin is Showtime. Don't get me wrong. Obi Toppin has box office potential. But, you know, he got let go off of New York for being a head case. But I have a feeling that the uh, Pacers are going to start Toppin to begin the season. Because this is what he wanted. And then re-signing Halliburton just was the icing on the cake for me. Let's move on to the L.A. Clippers. Now, the L.A. Clippers drafted Kobe Brown, who could start off in the G League and then end up on the team. And Jordan Miller, who's okay. They uh, acquired Kenya Martin Jr. via a trade. And then they re-signed Russell Westbrook and Mason Plumlee. Clippers, for their efforts, I give it a C. I give them a C. Uh, they did okay. I mean, bringing back Westbrook and Plumlee was very crucial to them. Hopefully, Kawhi and Paul George can be healthy so that this this team can have a chance to compete. So, the L.A. Lakers... Man, they had a hell of an offseason. They have. So the Lakers drafted Jalen Hood Shafino, who is a real true point guard. I just hope that he can uh, crack the lineup. And then they also drafted Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. And man, he is he's gonna be an asset to the Lakers, man. I'm not going to front. This was the most underrated pickup in the draft. Maxwell Lewis can score. That's his strength. He reminds me of his teammate, Rui Hashimura. So you got two Ruiz out there. Then they acquired Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince, and Cam Reddish. Now, let me tell you something. Gabe Vincent was solid up until the finals. (laughs) But other than that, Vince is a solid role player. Jackson Hayes, you know, he's a lob threat. Underrated shot blocker. Torian Prince is a 3 and D guy. Pause. And Cam Reddish can just shoot. That dude can just shoot the lights out. And then the Lakers re-signed Rui Hashimura, D'Angelo Russell, and Austin Reeves. Now, my grade for the Los Angeles Lakers is an A-. The Lakers, dog, let me tell y'all, man. The Lakers hit a home run here. I'm not going to lie. I was going to give them a B+. Plus, but my objective for them was to re-sign Austin Reeves at any cost. And they got him for the low because I know that the Rockets and the Spurs had $100 million contract offers for this guy. And he turned it down out of loyalty for the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So, but, um, yeah, man, A minus for sure. The Lakers had one of the better off seasons, but, um, let's move on. Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, they drafted Gigi Jackson, the youngest player in the draft. He got some game, though. 
he could be six man material. Uh, Tariq Baberovich. Um, I did not get to see much of uh, Baberovich. We'll see in the season, huh? But he's supposed to be a power forward. Um, they this is where the money comes in for Memphis. This is why I think they're a top five team. They acquired uh, Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose, Isaiah Todd, and Josh Christopher. Pause. Um, with these acquisitions, I think the acquisitions of Rose and Smart alone. And then drafting a GG Jackson. I give the Memphis Grizzlies a B plus. This is fucking fire, man. Memphis, Memphis has a whole entire roster, bro. They definitely upgraded from Dylan Brooks. No, no disrespect to Dylan, but they did exactly what they needed to do to upgrade their team in the offseason. So shout out to Memphis, B plus. The Miami Heat. They drafted Jamie Watkins Jr., who turned out to be way too fucking good for the summer league. Woo! Yo, Watkins Jr. is a dog. They acquired um, Thomas Bryant and Josh Richardson. And they re-signed uh, Kevin Love. These are decent pickups. But for their efforts, I give them a C plus. C plus. These, uh, you know, the reason why they get a C plus is they did not acquire a major player. You know, they obviously were in the conversation for getting Damian Lillard, and it just didn't happen. And they didn't have a backup plan. So they're pretty much, you know, they lost Gabe Benson and Max Struess via free agency. Those are two losses right there. And all they gained was Josh Richardson and Thomas Bryant. But Wakez, that dude, I mean, at least they kept Caleb Martin. So one thing I can say that they kept was Caleb. But other than that, C-plus is the right grade for Miami. Milwaukee Bucks. They drafted Andre Jackson Jr. and Chris Livingstone. Andre Jackson Jr. is going to be a good player in this league. They acquired A.J. Green, Malik Beasley, who didn't do that well last year in the playoffs. Hopefully, Milwaukee can... Bring a spark back to his career. And Robin Lopez, who is the brother of the center, Brooke Lopez. And they re-signed Jay Crowder, who was really good. Did, he didn't necessarily know his role last year on Milwaukee. But hopefully he'll find his way uh, next year. They re-signed Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton took a pay cut. Real nigga. Gotta respect it. I may not be a fan of Middleton, but you gotta respect him taking a pay cut so that he can, so that they can keep their team together. And Brooke Lopez also re-signed there, and the Nassis Antetokounmpo 
is back as well. Therefore, Milwaukee, I give them a B minus. Why a B minus? I don't know, man. It seems like I felt like they could have did a sign and trade with Middleton. I'm sorry. For another player. I think that Milwaukee needs a legitimate number two to Giannis. I mean, Holiday and Middleton both trade places as the number two at times. But I think that they could have got a better player to put around Giannis. That's just me. So, therefore, I'm going to give Milwaukee a B-. Let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves offseason was shaky. It was all right. They did draft Leonard Miller, who I view. He, he, he should have been a first-round pick. At least, at worst, a late first. Because Leonard Miller improved his jump shot throughout the G League. And he's got some game. He got some bounce. Like, he could jump out of the fucking gym. Then they drafted Jalen Clark, who's solid. They acquired Troy Brown. Ugh. And Shake Milton. Ugh. Yeah, I had to drop their grade just looking at those acquisitions. I dropped their grade live. I ain't shit. I ain't shit. But the only thing that they did that was great in the offseason, it was re-signing Anthony Edwards, paying their golden goose what he was worth. They re-signed Anthony Edwards, and then they re-signed Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was a solid role player. So therefore, I'm going to give the Minnesota Timberwolves some grace and give them a C for their efforts. I would have never signed Troy Brown and Shake Milton. Sorry, not sorry. But paying A.E. what he deserved, excellent move. New Orleans Pelicans. They drafted Jordan Hawkins. This was somebody that they needed. A guy that was kind of like, I mean, he from Connecticut, but he played like a like he came from Duke. Just an off-the-screen shooting threat. They acquired Cody Zeller. Ugh. I don't know why they did that, but, I mean, they had to replace Jackson Hayes, I guess. And then they re-signed Herb Jones. That was a good pickup. That was a good re-sign. Herb Jones is one of the better on-ball defenders in the NBA. And then you signed uh, rookie EJ Liddell. To a new deal. You re-signed him. Even though he tore his ACL. And um, Summer League. Uh, last year. This would be his official. Rookie season. So I can't wait to see. Like is he going to measure up to my. Draft expectations. Because I'm anxious to see the kid play. So 
So for New Orleans and their efforts, I'm going to give them a C. I just feel like they could have made a bigger impact via free agency because, you know, we know that they have a Zion problem. And I felt like New Orleans could have traded him, in my opinion. I think they should have traded him to avoid all the drama and to get rid of that money that they have on their books. Now they're stuck with it. But we'll see how Zion turns out. New York Knicks, uh, they acquired Dante DiVincenzo. And Isaiah Roby. Uh, I mean, I like Dante. Don't get me wrong. I fuck with Dante DiVincenzo all day, every day. But Isaiah Roby, I didn't get to see too much of him. I heard about him, though, when he was in high school. He was a really good player in high school, you dig? But, um, yeah, man, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, New York Knicks moves, but I mean, I, I felt like they didn't do quite enough. So I'm gonna give the New York Knicks a C minus. A little bit disappointed here. I feel like Barrett, Randall are expendable in Fournier. You know what I'm saying? I feel like those two guys are expendable. Jalen Brunson proved that he was the best player on the team. During the playoff run last year. Granted, I understand that Julius Randle was not 100%. But Randle still participated and played. So it's no excuses, really. Oklahoma City Thunder. Man, they've had a very interesting offseason. They drafted Kaysen Wallace. And Keontae Johnson. I mean, Kaysen Wallace in the uh, Summer League was amazing. And Keontae Johnson, you know, he had something similar to what Bronny had. You know, he had collapsed, I think it was his sophomore year in college. And then he came back for his junior season and he balled the fuck out. I mean, he might have dropped to the second round of the draft. But from what I saw, he looked good too. And then they acquired in the offseason. Ooh, we. I'm going to kill this person's name. Jesus Christ. My God. Vasali Mitchich. Uh, Ty Ty. They, they, they uh, acquired Ty Ty Washington Jr., who's a solid guard. He's been on a lot of teams already. Um. They, uh, oh yeah, they released Rudy Gay. God I, damn, I forgot. So Rudy Gay is a free agent. So I had to take him out. Um, they acquired Usman Garuba. Victor Oladipo, I hope he recovers. Because I know he'll definitely crack that uh, rotation in OKC. He could be a valuable role player to OKC. And Davis Bertrands. I didn't know that they got Davis Bertrands in one of those trades that they made. Davis Bertrand's a good three-point shooter. It's just that contract for me. Like, man, nigga ran off on the plug with that contract. 
but for their efforts, I'm going to give the OKC Thunder a B because all they really needed to do was acquire some, uh, you know, some bench depth. And they got more than enough. They got more than enough bench help. I can tell you that. Orlando Magic. I'm going to give the Orlando Magic, man, okay, hold on. Orlando Magic uh, drafted Anthony Black and Jet Howard. I mean, they had a great, awesome, awesome fucking draft, if you ask me. They acquired Joe Ingles and Gogo Batadze. Good pickups. I like Joe Ingles. He's a veteran, man. He can help the Magic, man. And then they re-signed Mo Watner. Overall, I mean, this is what they needed. You know, the acquisitions may not, I mean, what they acquired may have been mid, but they drafted excellent. So I'm going to give the Orlando Magic a B minus. Philadelphia 76ers. Um, they drafted Turquavion Smith, who I felt last year was a second round pick. Ended up being a second round pick this year, and Philly acquired him. Then they ended up signing uh, Pat Bev and Mo Bamba. They re-signed Montrez Harrell and um, matched Utah's offer sheet for Paul Reed. Um, these were okay moves by Philly. Not excellent. Not nothing to be excited for. I mean, Pat Bev coming off the bench would be a great option for Philly. I don't think Pat Bev should start. That's just me. Um, Trez. I mean, Trez got to get more clock, man. And I think that Nick Nurse is the right coach for him. And then Paul Reed, he's been solid his entire career for Philly. So they definitely saw the value in B-ball Paul. So therefore, for their efforts, I'm going to give them a C-. minus felt like Philly should have traded James Harden. I mean, they still can, but their inability to trade him for whatever pieces that they could need, they won't trade Tobias Harris for some reason. I mean, I like Tobias, but he's making too much money and it's hitting their cap very, very fucking hard. Pause. But I felt like Philly could have just done more, but they're doing a mid job here. All right, the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns, now they've had a hell of an offseason. Very interesting offseason, if you ask me. They drafted Tomani Kamara. From what I saw from Tomani Kamara, he could crack the rotation. Now, in the offseason, they acquired Bradley Beal, Utah Wanabe, Watanabe, um, Bobo, Eric Gordon. Keita Bates-Jop, and Chamizi Metu. This group of players is a whole, this is a whole rotation. It's a whole goddamn line, a whole lineup out this bitch. This shaped 
Phoenix's rotation. When they acquired Bradley Beal, I had told y'all that these niggas was not done. Not even the least bit done. And then they re-signed Josh Okogie and Damian Lee. More rotation, great rotation pickups. I'm going to give the Phoenix Suns an A-. I mean, you grab what some may consider a superstar. And another guy that can get you 20, 22, 23 points. And then Yuta Watanabe is one of the best three-point shooters in the game. Bobo got mad talent. Eric Gordon is one of the better role players in the league. Could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Could take it back to that 2018 Eric Gordon. So, yes, Phoenix Suns, A minus. Portland Trailblazers, they drafted Scoot Henderson, Chris Murray, and Ryan Rupert. I think they had one of the better drafts this year. All three of these guys should make the team. They didn't make any acquisitions in the offseason, which is probably why Damian Lillard wants out. Jeremy Grant to way too much fucking money and Matisse Thibel. Now the reason why I give I'm going to give Portland a B minus is because they were unable to trade Dame. I mean keeping Dame uh, doesn't hurt either in my book. I'm just saying he's still a superstar who is all NBA third team. Bible's a, a defensive player. But they didn't move Dame. They didn't necessarily um, make any offseason moves. So that's why I gave them a B minus. Now, Sacramento Kings. They drafted Kobe Jones, who is a pretty good floor general. I like Kobe Jones' game. That was a good pickup by Sacramento. And Jalen Slauson, who could just shoot that bitch, man. It's kind of like another Imani Bates. And they acquired Chris Duarte from the Pacers. That was a major move. That's probably the more underrated move of the offseason. They signed um, Nerlens Noel. That's another good addition to the uh, rotation. And they uh, signed Shashka, Sasha Veskinov. He's a EuroLeague player that got signed by the NBA. They re-signed Alex Lynn, who low-key provided some solid minutes in the playoffs last year for them. Then they re-signed Trey Lyles, who also was awesome 
in the playoffs for uh, the Sacramento Kings. Now, the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Spurs were pretty solid, man. They did a really good job this offseason. I mean, you drafted Victor Wimbenyama. He was the number one overall pick. Then you drafted City Sizosko, who I saw him, you know, in the G League, and I seen him in Summer League cutting up. Those are good pickups. They acquired Campaign. Uh, Jetty Osman, Devontae Graham, and Reggie Bullock. These are very great pickups. Then they re-signed Julian Champagne for the low. Champagne can play. They, they re-signed Trey Jones. And they re-signed Kevin Barlow. All good players. Hey, San Antonio is going to be a lot better than you think. I'm going to give the San Antonio Spurs a B-plus for their off-season off efforts. Let's move on to Toronto. Now, the Toronto Raptors drafted Grady Dick from uh, Duke. Pause. You know, they, they acquired um, Dennis Schroeder and Jaden McDaniels. And then they re-signed Jakob Pertl. Now, I'm going to give Toronto a B-minus. Getting Grady... You know what I'm saying? Grady is a good replacement for Fred Van Vliet, in my opinion. Grady's got some game. He's got unlimited range. He could he could instantly start in that lineup alongside Schroeder, Ananobi, Barnes, and Siakam. That'd be a great five. In my book, I think that would be a hell of a, a starting lineup for the um you know for the team for the Toronto Raptors so therefore I'm going to give the Toronto Raptors a B minus Utah Jazz man these guys have had the one arguably the best offseason to me to me especially if all these guys make the team shit Hey, Utah, man, they could make some noise. Knock on wood, barring injury and stuff like that. You know, you got to pray for health and wealth of, of niggas. You know what I'm talking about? But the Utah Jazz, bro, they drafted Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensabaugh. These are three guys in this draft class that I viewed as one of the better players. All three of them. Keontae George, up until his injury, was cutting up in Summer League. Taylor Hendricks did not play, and Bryce Sensaboff did not play. And they should be ready for training camp, in my opinion. They acquired John Collins via trade. Man, flipping Rudy Gay into John Collins is crazy. That's fucking crazy, bro insane and then you sign you i think they acquired omar yutsevin uh via trade with miami and they re-signed jordan clarkson so 
therefore, Utah's got one of the best rotations in the NBA. I know, I'm hyping up Utah a lot, but bro, you got to think about it from this here. The starting lineup could potentially be Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, or Keontae George. I would say, me personally, I'm not going to lie. I would start Keontae George and have Jordan Clarkson come off the bench. I think Clarkson would be more dangerous off the bench. But either way, you can't lose. Then, Laurie Marketing at three. John Collins at four. And um, Walker Kessler at five. Then not to mention, you got Taylor Hendricks, Bryce Sensabaugh, Yurtsevin coming off the bench, or Keontae George and Clarkson. Taylor Horton Tucker's good. He was hella, hella strapped last year. Like that Utah team. Oh, yeah, they still got Kelly Olenek as well. They still got O'Shea Agbaji. They signed Johnny Juzang to a two-way contract. Johnny Juzang, man, that motherfucker in, in uh, Summer League cutting up. He was going crazy in Summer League. So, Utah, I'm going to give them an A. A straight A. And last but totally not least, the Washington Wizards. Now, the Wizards, you know, they had to trade both of their star players. So, their grade does take a downward spiral, but not that bad. They did draft Bilal Koulibaly, who was like the biggest surprise of the draft. I didn't have him going that high, but Koulibaly was um, Victor Wimbenyama's teammate in France. And he and his upside was hard to ignore by Washington. And then they also drafted Tristan Vukovic, who was a solid player. And they had a haul. They acquired a haul in the offseason here. They acquired Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Landry Shamit, Danilo Gallinari, and Patrick Baldwin Jr. PBJ gonna get some minutes over there. He gonna ball. And then they re-signed Kyle Kuzma to that major deal with all that money. Therefore, I'm going to give the Washington Wizards a B-. You have your star player in Jordan Poole, and I believe that Kyle Kuzma going to be a very great number two to Jordan Poole. And then Bilal Koulibaly, he could start on this team. I mean, the lineup doesn't look pretty on paper. It doesn't look pretty. I mean, it's looking like Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, Bilal Koulibaly, and Daniel Gafford. On paper, that doesn't look right, but I mean, you add Shamit and Baldwin Jr. And then you still have Denny Abija. You still have a few other guys that are still on the team. So I think Washington is, you know, they're they're not they're not gonna they're probably gonna be one of the highest scoring teams. 
Therefore, I'm going to give the Washington Wizards a B-. Now, that's my show. I want to thank y'all for coming through and listening to this uh, off-season review. This is Keen Known Uncensored. New Music Fridays. The NBA off-season grades. And I'm out this bitch.